welcome to the Good Fight Sports Podcast, your home for local sports here in the 574. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Good Fight Sports Podcast. My name is Kenny Kramer. Uh, Today is August 24th, and this is episode 20 of the Good Fight. Um, Can't believe it. Um, These last 20 episodes have gone by really quickly, honestly. Um, And we're going to keep the ball rolling today. Sports don't stop. Uh, So, breaking news here. Um, It is official. We have a name for the new conference that is being created. Um, If you don't, if you haven't heard, forgotten, or whatever, LaVille, Jimtown, Knox, John Glenn, and Tippy Valley, I believe I got all of them, are starting a new conference starting the 2024-2025 school year. So, So after this year, they are starting a, a, a new conference um, that that in so after this upcoming school year, which would be in it starts 2024-2025, starting a new conference, and that conference uh, had yet to have been named. Um, obviously, they were figuring out you know what conference they conference name they wanted. Um, there was a lot of, of rumors of what it could be. Um, a lot of like Hoosier cornfield conference, like it's just weird, weird names like that to really think that this was like a a farm farm school conference, which there are a few schools that are like that, but it, we're not we're not all like that. Um, but the New name of the, well, not new name, but the name of the conference will be the Northern State Conference. You heard it right. It is making a comeback. It's fourth appearance. It's coming back. Um, so a little history of the of the Northern State. Uh, I won't go into all of the teams that have been a part of it. Uh, just the... You know, when it was, like the dates and, and all that stuff. So the conference was founded in uh, 1954 and then abruptly ended uh, in 1956. So quick two years, it was there and it was gone. It was like, hi, how you doing? Uh, but I got to leave. And then it's restarted uh, back in 1958. Then four years later, ended again in 1962. Um, then we have a four-year hiatus. Then it's back in 1966 until ending in 2014 when um, Culver and I believe it was Triton both decided to leave the Hoosier North but also took with them LaVille and Knox. Yeah. Yeah, those four schools left, forcing the four other schools, the I would say the bigger schools at the time, um, that would be Bremen, Jimtown, Glen, and New Prairie, to go to the Northern Indiana Conference, the NIC. 
now we're back to um, Glenn Bremen and Jim Town want out of the NIC. They have been voted out after the this uh, this the end of this school year. They will be joining Laville and Knox in the Northern State Conference yet again. So five of the original eight members are back in the Northern State Conference. Uh, it's not surprising the name. I, I figured it was going to be the NSC. Uh, I had also heard rumors that some of the athletic directors wanted to keep the uh, the Northern State Conference in the history books, if you will. They didn't want to re-resurrect the name. They wanted to start their uh, uh, a new conference fresh, not having the um, kind of the the history with the NSC. They wanted to start their own their own history and all that stuff. But that's not the case. Northern State Conference is back. I'm excited. You guys should get excited too. Northern State Conference, uh, the next school year looks to be like a very competitive conference. Uh, I I don't see any school that really can give Laville fits in most sports. Football, there are some schools that that, that could, uh, Tippy Valley, and and Chimtown. But other than those two schools, I I mean, Laville already plays three of those schools. And, and they win. I mean, LaVille plays Glenn, Knox, and Bremen, and then they win those games. So I don't see any school that really can give LaVille fits. Now, I will say in football, Knox is on the rising with uh, head coach Russ Radke down there. Um, but other than that, other than, you know, the two main schools for football, Tippy Valley and Jimtown, Jimtown especially, I don't see really other other school that can give Laville fits in the conference. Now, I will say six schools for now is okay, uh, but I would look into maybe going to eight. Um, that way, it just kind of it it flows a little bit better. Um, but six six is okay. Six is good for you know a conference just starting out. Well, in in the NSC's case restarting again after a nine-year hiatus. Well, it would be 10-year hiatus, honestly. But in any case, that is the new name of the conference. Now, there is another rumor going around that um, Rochester is really looking is really um, getting a lot of attention from some of the ads in the uh, in this uh, new conference um, and they are considering Rochester as a fit for the Northern State Conference it's going to take a lot of work to get Rochester out of the three Rivers conference not that you know it's going to be a hard road or anything. But it seems as though Rochester found its niche in the Three Rivers Conference. However, however, I will agree with the ADs on this one. Uh, Rochester would be a very good fit for the conference. Just how, where they're located, the school's already in the conference. You already have um, 
really really good schools in that conference, and Rochester just seems like a good fit. Um, there's a natural-born basketball rivalry with LaVille, uh, so you can get that going again. Um, obviously, the rivalries that um, LaVille already has within the conference being with Jimtown, Bremen, Glenn, and Knox. What what other school would you go for for with the size-wise you're looking at and competitiveness? Why wouldn't you look at Rochester as a viable option for a seventh school? Now, if you add Rochester, that pushes it to seven, which is an odd number. You don't Seven really just doesn't work within a conference. Um, so you would look for that eighth school. Uh, and I've and I've seen Fairfield being mentioned, but I don't think uh, Fairfield uh, would entertain leaving their conference. They are in the uh, Northeast Corner Conference Um but you, you never know. You never know. And they're over in Goshen, so that would be quite a haul for them to go down to Knox. Um, but you never know. You just never know. So moving on to the high school football matchups for tomorrow night. These are games that you should go to if you have the opportunity. Um, and the games that will that uh, are going to be covered the most here on our um, weekly um, score update for next week. So we're going to start off with the game at Lancer Field tomorrow night, 7 p.m. kickoff. It is Class 1A, number 14, Triton at 1-0, visiting... The 2A, number 9, LaVille Lancers. LaVille won last night, uh, not last night, but last week uh, against Bremen, 17-10. And Triton won as well, 30-6 over South Central. Um so let, let's let's kind of break down this 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 rivalry here. Uh, LaVille leads the all-time series with Triton. Um, it is 36-16-1 is LaVille's record against Triton all-time. Um, but in the last 11 matchups, in the last 11, the Lancers have won 10. And, and, and that goes back to 2014. And, and, and since... 2014 as well the Lancers have outscored Triton 353 to 75 and if you're wondering well okay what's the average points per game then well I have that for you so the average points per game for LaVille in that in that time in that time span is 35.3 so 35 points a game, LaVille is putting on Triton. And Triton is only scoring 7.5. So anywhere from a touchdown to 8 points is all Triton is scoring. And that is since 2014. And I found that to be really impressive. Uh, that just shows LaVille's dominance against a school like Triton. 
But let's pump the brakes here a little bit. Triton, um, as much as I don't want to say, they're on the rise in, in 1A and in football especially. Watch out for Triton. Triton is coming, and they are not taking any prisoners. Uh, there's a lot of hype around this Triton football team this year with their new head coach. And and I would jump on that train if I was down the if, if I was down in Bourbon or was a Triton Trojan fan. Jump on this bandwagon, jump on the train. You don't know where it's going to take you, but start believing the hype. If not this year, next year, Triton is going to make a name for itself. It could be this year. Watch out because I think Triton can get some big wins against school against um, schools on the on the, on the on the schedule that you normally don't see Triton win. I wouldn't be surprised. I, there is no doubt in my mind um, that this game against Triton could be considered a trap game. Not because Triton is, you know, an easy game. It's not this year. But the fact that from a LaVille perspective, you just beat your rival. You just beat, I would argue, your arch rival, Bremen, to then come home and you have Triton. You look at Triton with the way that LaVille won last year to this year. I mean, so from from last year, Laville put up fifty six. Laville won fifty six to fourteen against Triton last year. Running clock. I think this year is going to be a little bit different. It's going to be, I think it's going to be closer than what people think. I still think Laville's going to win, uh, and I think it's going to be thirty five fourteen Triton uh, Laville. Um, but. I think it's going to be a lot closer than what people think. I think 35-14, it's only going to be like that because LaVille's going to score two touch, uh, a couple touchdowns in like garbage time. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's like 14-14, 14-10, or 21-20. I wouldn't be surprised if the final score is a lot closer than what people think or even what my prediction is going to be. So this game's going to be good. Get out to Lancer Field, 7 o'clock Friday. Be there or be square. If you don't want to go to that game, I got another one you should go to, but you're going to have to get to this one early. The Backyard Brawl is back. Ugh, chills. Class 5A, number 7, Mishawaka. Visits 6A, number 11, Penn. That's right. It's Mishawaka Penn in the backyard brawl at Freed Field at Penn High School. Kickoff is at 7. Y'all, if you're going to go to that game, get there at 6. Get there early. It's going to almost probably be sold out. I... Wouldn't pet be I wouldn't be any bit surprised if it is sold out. So if you haven't looked into the backyard brawl, um, 
it is kind of a bit one-sided if kind of wouldn't be surprised however there's one stat about this you would be surprised at and we'll get to that so all time in the series Penn leads Mishawaka 48-15 and 1 um a lot of that has been in the last 47 games for Penn so Penn has won 41 of the last 47 games in the series and I'm not kidding it I think in the last few years Mishawaka's won four five times I think five times five times they won four times two years in a row and then recently not the last not the last game in the series but the game prior Mishawaka won and I believe that was 2016 when Mishawaka won last. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think so. And then 2017, Penn won at Mishawaka to end the end the series. So this game is going to be electric. The atmosphere is going to be one of almost a small college well I mean obviously it's Penn High School and all that stuff so you have fans out there that make it feel like a um, like a small college and all that stuff but just the fact that the the, the two communities are super close to each other I Mishawaka from Penn Mishawaka High School from Penn is like a seven minute drive I mean it is that's why it's called the backyard brawl. Both both schools, both communities, players have grown up together, and for and for these and for the players currently, none of the players have played each other ever. I mean, you would have to go to like junior high, um, Pee Wee. Um, well, over there it's Granger Rocket football. Um, but stuff like that for those players to even know about each other, play against each other, and all that stuff. They haven't played in high school yet. This is the first time that these players will play each other, and I think I, I think it's great. You know, you kind of hit the reset button on the rivalry um, just due to the fact that Mishawaka was joining a new conference. They had to figure some things out. Penn wanted to do some things with their schedule too, so they had to rework things. Then Penn, when they got the contract renewed with Mishawaka, they had to move around some things on their schedule. They did that, they, and they got Mishawaka back on the schedule where Mishawaka should be every single year. That's all I'll say about that. But this the, the, this game, whew, um, I'm going to be there. Um, so we'll give I'll give more um, breakdown of this game next week on the uh, recap show for football. Um, but the one thing that really that really stuck out to me, um, another quick little uh, fact about this series is when this series started, Penn lost eight of the first nine games. And 
a lot of the losses were not even close. I think the last loss, um, so loss number eight, um, it was 66 to nothing, Mishawaka. Uh, and I don't have the date in front of me for that, but that was, you know, way back. But 66 to nothing. And, and a lot of the losses, like I said, weren't close. It, it was surprising just to see the dominance that Mishawaka had when this rivalry started. Um, and I, I can see why this is such a rivalry, because you, you lose to a school um, eight times. And you can't get that first win. The amount of work, the amount of effort you put in just to beat that one school is so much. And I, and I see why it's a rivalry now. I can see why, you know, before this series ended in 2017, the two schools really didn't like each other. I mean, there was a lot of... I mean, yeah, the communities did, but I mean, when you you would get in the football stadium, and it, it, they were they were going for blood. I mean, th- this series, this rivalry is one of the fiercest rivalries around, and I think with the reset button, um, it's going to take time for that that rivalry field to come back um to where it was but give it time give it give it till next year and this this series will be back to where it was how it felt how it should feel um in the backyard brawl um so last outing for both schools Penn beat 5a number one Valpo uh the defending state champions on the road to 38 to 21 and then Mishawaka won in their home opener against Marion 44 to 12. Um and like I said this game is going to be close. Uh I think with just the atmosphere and the and why it's a home game for Penn and just the fact that you know they're a little bit they have more they're bigger they're more um, disciplined than they were last year. Uh, give me Penn in a 27-24 win against the Cavemen. I also think Penn can run away with the game, and I also think Mishawaka can win the game. I see it going one of those ways. I I don't see Mishawaka winning in a close game, however. Uh, I don't know. I don't see Mishawaka winning in a blowout. I I do not see that happening. It's either going to be Mishawaka in a close win, Penn in a close win, or Penn in a blowout. It, it's going one of those three ways. I think Penn's going to win in a close game, 27-24. to 24. Then the next notable game is Jimtown at Concord. So Concord leads this series 32 to 30. Um, the uh, the Minutemen have won five of the last six games, and have also won four straight games in this rivalry. Um, this is a hatred 
uh, this game. This These two schools do not like each other since the series started. Actually, ever since... I think it was ever since either Concord or Jimtown was um, formed. These The two schools really didn't like each other. Um, and this is the 67th, uh, 60, uh, 62nd, my bad, 62nd game of the series, too, and of this rivalry. Um, and, like, and this is also one of the fiercest rivalries around. Um, so... Last outing for both schools, Jimtown lost at Northwood. Um, I made the mistake of thinking Jimtown was at home against Northwood. They were on the road, so that is my bad. I'll correct myself. Um, they uh, the Jimmies lost to Northwood, forty-two to twenty-two, and then Concord got a really big, really big win at Rice Field against Class A number sixteen Elkhart. 16 to 6. And so with that, I think Concord is riding a really high road right now. They're they're sitting really good. And 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 Jimtown just the the way they lost, I think that Concord's going to come out and just slap them around, uh, punch them in the mouth. They're going to come out and they're going to punch them right in the mouth, right in the start, and I think Concord is going to run away with the game. I think it's going to be 41 to 27. Uh, Jimtown making a little bit of a comeback in the fourth quarter, but it's not enough. So give me Concord 41 to 27. Uh, some other notable matchups um, around the area. Elkhart is at Northridge. Um, Elkhart lost to Concord, like I said, 16 to 6. Northridge beat Fort Wayne North on the road 26 to 13. Um, and I'm going to take Northridge in that one, 20 to 17. Um, Culver Academy is at Mishawaka Marion. Um, CMA beat South Bend Adams, 21 to 14, and then Marion lost to Mishawaka, 44 to 12. I'm going to take the Knights in that one, the Marion Knights, 28 to 21 over CMA. And the other notable matchup that I saw uh, was Tippecanoe uh, Valley at Rochester. Um, and the last outing for both schools, Tippy Valley beat Wawasee 23-12. And then Rochester just absolutely walloped Wabash 56-7. And so give me Rochester in that one, 27-24. So on that, it's going to end... The high school football, um, high school football games for um, this next week. The matchups here, um, and we're gonna jump to Notre Dame football. It is game week. We are two days away from a kickoff between number thirteen Notre Dame and Navy. Uh, this is this was. At one point, the long, um, one of the longest um, games played in college football. Um, believe it was, I think it was like 94, 94 games, I think. Pretty close. 
Um, so two days away. Um, this game is in Aviva Stadium in Ireland. Um, and I'm ready for this game, man. I, I am ready for it. I'm pumped. Um, I, it's going to be a great year for Notre Dame. Uh, so we're going to introduce the captains here. Um, not in any particular order. Just going to list off the four captains for the Fighting Irish this year. So we got one captain is Sam Hartman, quarterback. Then another one is Joe Alt. He's an offensive lineman. And then quarterback, uh, corner back, Cam Hart. And linebacker, J.D. Bertrand. So those are your four captains for the Irish this year. Uh, and then the Irish have also released their depth chart for the game against Navy. Uh, and we're going to go over the starters, offense, defense, and then some special teams players as well. Uh, so for the Irish um, on Saturday, we got wide receiver Tobias Merriweather, um, then wide receiver Jaden Thomas and Chris Tyree, who switched from running back to wide receiver in the spring. Uh, great choice for him, by the way. And then he's also switching his number. Uh, he was number two. Uh, in the spring, he is now switching to four uh, for the sole reason of uh, he he is on special teams and that there was a number two already. I think it was DJ Brown who was a part of the special teams. Uh, and DJ Brown wears number two. And so Chris Tyree will switch from two to four to have no issue with that with that my bad so then we got our linemen at left tackle we have Joe Alt uh, left guard Pat Coogan or Kogan I don't know how you say it I'll say it both ways um, at center Zeke Carell right guard Rocco Spindler and then at right tackle Blake Fisher so those are your offensive linemen. Then we have tight end Mitchell Evans. Watch out for Mitchell Evans this year. I think this kid's going to have a breakout year. Not in the um, Michael Mayer kind of breakout season, but watch out. He's going to make a, a name for himself. Um, and then running back, um, no surprise, uh, Audric Estime. And then quarterback, Sam Hartman, a.k.a. Sam Dartman. Um, I think this is a great offense. Um, and I think the wide receiver group loves the fact that they have a quarterback that can put the ball where they can catch it and a quarterback who can throw bombs and throw dimes. Um, seeing Sam Hartman in the spring game, he looked absolutely locked in. Um, I loved it, and I think he's going to be locked in for game one, and I think this offense is going to roll against Navy. Defensively now for the Irish, uh, there are some freshmen that made um, the start, uh, starting list uh, against some of some players who are returning, which just shows the amount of work that the freshmen are putting in. 
players that have just came in and are like, you know what, I'm going to work my butt off and, you know, the results are paying off. They're starting or they've moved out or they've moved into that second uh, second um, their second on the death chart behind one of the starters. Um, and so those starters are at defensive tackle. We have Javante Jean-Baptiste, JJP, JJB. At nose tackle, we have Howard Cross. And at other defensive tackle, we have Riley Mills. Then at Viper, we have Jordan Botello, linebacker, Maris Leofau. And at other linebacker, we have J.D. Bertrand. Uh, the rover is Jack Kaiser. Cornerback, one of them, one of the corner cornerbacks is Benjamin Morrison. At slot safety, we have Xavier Watts. At free safety, DJ Brown. And then at other cornerback, we have Cam Hart. I think the defense, I think the defense is good. Um. It's going to be one where it's going to be awesome to see this defense play. Um, I think I think this is could be considered if the season goes right, probably maybe one of the best defenses their names had, um, and I would say probably since 2012. If this goes, if this season goes the way I think it's going to go. I think, no doubt in my mind, this is one of the best defenses that Notre Dame has had since 2012. Um, and then special teams-wise, um, kickoffs for kickoffs and place kicking, that will be Spencer Schrader. Punts, Bryce McPherson. And then kick returns and punt returns. Um, punt returns will be handled by Chris Tyree. And then kick, uh, then kickoff returns will be handled by both Chris Tyree and um, Devion Ford. So those are your guys for special teams. Some quick keys to the game for the Irish, both offense and defensive wise. So offensively, we need the Irish. I'll say we, uh, but the Irish need to establish the running game early. And they cannot back away from the run. Uh, if you get Navy on the run, keep them on the run. Do not mix it up if you don't have to. It's like the old saying, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Control the line of scrimmage. That offensive line needs to be blocking. If they call for a pass, they need to pass block. If they call for a run, run blocking. It's going to be key. Those Navy defensive linemen are going to be one of the toughest Notre Dame has faced and will face all year, not because of how good they are, but because of how disciplined they are. They are not going to stop until that clock hits all zeros in the fourth quarter. There is no giving up in Navy. They are going to come at you. It's not going to be the way, you know, Ohio State comes at you, but it's going to be different. It's going to be a lot more disciplined. Players know what they're supposed to do when they go out and execute it. So you've got to control that line of scrimmage. Can't let Navy get back and 
get um, hits on San Hartman or or loss of yards. Need to keep everything going forward. Um, and then keep that Navy offense on the sideline. Not because it's so dominant, but just because of the fact that there could be 10 minutes left, say, in the second quarter. If that Navy offense gets on the field, Notre Dame is not probably going to see that ball again. Navy will eat clock, and they will take their time. Again, Navy is disciplined. They know what they know what they're doing. They know their identity, and they don't back away from it. So, Notre Dame needs to keep that Navy offense on the sideline. Don't let them get out there. And when they do, we'll we'll get into that defensively. And then one of the, one of the big ones, the one, you know, no brainer, no turnovers. Don't turn the ball over. Don't give that Navy offense any opportunities. Don't give away the game like they like uh, Notre Dame did um, in last year's game, where Notre Dame came out hot in the first half, and then in the second half, Navy outscored the Irish nineteen to nothing. So you can't give this Navy offense any opportunities. And then. Score in the red zone. You know, don't settle for three points. Get six. You know, field goals are good and all, but when you're inside the red zone, you got to get it in to the end zone. And then one of the other ones, score early and score often. If Notre Dame can score early on this Navy off, on the Navy defense, that sends a message to not only Navy, but to Notre Dame that says, we are not going to back down to you. We are going to come at you and come at you all game long. Um, and then defensively for the Irish, you got to be be disciplined. Um, you know, players know what they've worked on throughout practice. Um, make sure you do your assignment. Don't be doing someone else's assignment. Don't be checking around to see if other people are doing their assignments. Do what you know you need to do, and then you'll be successful. Um, this also goes in with the next one. You got to tackle. You got to wrap up. You cannot. Notre Dame cannot afford to miss tackles. Notre Dame has got to tackle Navy. Um, and then force turnovers. You know, if there's a run. Get in there, try and strip the ball, try and punch the ball. You know, get that ball back so that way the Notre Dame offense can do their thing to get going. Um, and then also, Notre Dame's defense has to dominate the line of scrimmage. You know, don't let Navy control the game. Control the game from a defensive standpoint and force Navy into doing things they're not comfortable doing. Navy is comfortable going three yards on a cloud of dust. Don't allow three yards. Tackle for loss. You know, force Navy into third and longs, second and longs. Navy likes when it it's you know second and short, third and short, fourth and short. Force Navy into third and seven, third and nine, third and ten. You know, things like that. Things where they are not really comfortable doing. 
So where Notre Dame can, you know, start doing more creative things like bringing bringing an extra guy or whatever and forcing Navy to throw the ball, which we might see a lot of this year. And then obviously uh, the main one defensively for any team is don't allow big plays. Keep everything in front of you. You know, if you do allow that big play, don't allow it to go behind you. Make sure you keep everything in front of you. You know, so if Navy starts to move the ball, it's kind of a, a bend but don't, don't break kind of a thing. But, you know, don't allow big plays. If you allow big plays to Navy, they start keep they, – they get – they get hyped, and, and they get confidence. And that was one thing that happened in last year's game against Navy was Navy did some big plays. They got confidence. They kept the game close. It's, it's sooner you get you get more confidence going, and the, the results speak for themselves. Notre Dame barely holds on to beat Navy last year when it looked like Notre Dame was going to run away with the game last year. Um, so my prediction for this game and the first game of the season for the Irish, I have Notre Dame beating Navy 38 to 10. Um, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than what the scoreboard says. Um, only because it is the first game of the season. Um, but it's also Navy. So I think Navy is going to try and keep it close. They're going to do a fairly good job, but Notre Dame's going to pull away. Um, just because they're they're bigger and better, um, and that's not coming from that's coming from a Notre Dame fan, but that's also coming from uh, a person who's being pretty honest here. Notre Dame is bigger and they are better than Navy, um, but we will see what happens this upcoming Saturday at Aviva Stadium. Well, I'm not going to be there. I'm going to be watching on TV. I wish I was there, but that's neither here nor there. All right. So that's going to do it here for episode 20. Have a good day. Hey, guys. It's Kenny, host of The Good Fight. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want to hear more, you can check out our website at thelugnutspodcastgroup.com for all information related to the podcast and where to listen to us. You can also follow the Patreon page for exclusive benefits for the show. Join us next time for The Good Fight.